Welcome to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. My name is Brandon Adams, lifestyle entrepreneur and inventor, passionate about helping others with creating something great and becoming unforgettable. Each week we discuss helpful tips on becoming a successful entrepreneur and interview other entrepreneurs and inspirational people. Our goal is to help take your business and lifestyle to the next level. Now let's get started. Welcome back to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. I'm Brennan T. Adams, and on today's show, we have Darian Baugh of Men's Style Lab. This is a very interesting show. Darian has his company actually based right next door to me, so I've been wanting to do this for a while. Darian is going to tell his story how he worked his way up at U.S. Cellular. He got close to the CEO. I mean, he did some great things there. We're going to talk about that experience and also his sales experience. You're going to get some great sales tips in this podcast. And then he transferred. He actually went from working at U.S. Cellular to starting his own clothing company, Men's Style Lab. And what they do is they send out clothes to guys. Guys put in their information, their weight, their uh, height, and all the information, and then send that to them. And what they do is they put together, these stylists put together a package of clothes, send it to the guys all over the country, and they wear it. And I mean, it's a great concept, especially for guys since they don't like to go shopping. I think it's a great concept. And for me, I can just go next door and get this. They have some awesome clothes. And then he talks about that experience of how he built that company up. He has some awesome stories about his social media experience, uh, great stuff in there. And then also you're going to learn about fundraising. He actually did a lot of investment. He went through an accelerator and he's raised over $3 million up to this point for his company. So a lot of great things in this show, and also be sure after listening to this show, go to the notes, brandontadams.com. We have a couple videos of him putting on some clothes and giving me advice on my clothing, and also about the podcast show, and a lot of great stuff you're going to want to check out. So go over to brandontadams.com after you listen to this show and check out that information. So by the way, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving and enjoy yourself and be thankful for what you have in life. So let's jump into the show with Darian. Let's get started. Welcome back to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. I'm Brennan T. Adams, and on today's show, we have Darian, Darian Baugh. How's it going, buddy? Hey, it's going great. Glad to be here. Hey, I'm excited. I've been wanting you on my show for a long time now. You're just next door. Yeah. And we finally made this happen. You got Men's Style Lab. You and I had coffee the other day. You told me your story about U.S. Cellular, your experiences there, how it led you to get investment and in actually doing Men's Style Lab. You're killing it today. You're, you know your stuff when it comes to clothes, which is awesome. I love different clothes and Later, after we do this show, you're going to actually show us how you guys do it for packaging all the stuff together and sending it out. But I first want to start out, I want to hear your story of where you got started as an entrepreneur and how it led you to where you are today. Yeah, great. Uh, thanks again. So, you know, for me, I always knew at some point I would start a business, but I didn't know what. And I, like many people, I think I had multiple different passions in life and just wasn't sure which one to follow. Um, and so I just got a regular job. But... You can't escape being an entrepreneur when you are an entrepreneur, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's so true, man. Anywhere you land, you just want to help fix things. And um, so 
you know, I've worked retail for well over 10 years, um, but most recently I was at a cell phone company called US Cellular. And I started off on the front lines, part-time, selling phones. Anybody that's bought a cell phone has worked with somebody like me, yeah. uh, hooking it all up and setting up the account. And that's what I did. Um, and I worked off commission, and it something changed within the dynamics of the company, and they changed the way our commission was paid, and I had the worst month in sales I'd ever had. And something inside that entrepreneur spirit just kicked in, and I decided, well, I can either quit or I can do something about it. And yeah. I decided to do something about it, so I started reading all sorts of books on sales, doing everything I could to work with customers. What are some books, first um, that you read? Yeah, there's a few books out there by a guy named Jeffrey Gitmer. Uh, one of them's called The Little Red Book of Sales. Yep. It's a real simple read. It just talks about core selling principles. Um, yeah. And at the heart of any business is sales. If you can't make money, then you don't really have a business. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And so I think a lot. there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that they have great dreams, but they really don't know how to make it happen. And so... Um, you know, my in the trenches moment was was right here at, at U.S. Cellular uh, when they changed the commission structure, and I needed to figure out how was I going to make money. Um, so I developed the sales process, and I would try different things with different customers, different ways of saying things and positioning products, and eventually it started really working and working really well um, to the point where other people on my team that I worked with were noticing and. Uh, and so our store started performing well, and it became one of the top performing stores in the market. And we had some of the executive vice presidents of the company flying out to see wow. what was going on out of our store. And, and uh, I wrote this sort of manifesto of what I was doing and what my sales philosophy was. And uh, fast forward uh, a little bit of time, and I was promoted um, to where I was reporting to the senior director of sales development. He reported to one of the executive vice presidents. And so I went from being this frontline sales guy to where I was helping to roll out the sales process that I'd worked with uh, my the sales director and rolling wow. it out to about 10,000 people. How did that feel to go from, I mean, being from the bottom and going all the way to the top just like that? Yeah, you know, it's uh, very humbling, but it was also very exciting. Um, it's not something that's a typical story, but uh, you're most relevant when you're working with customers. Yeah. And when you're not, Everything else is in the past that you've done and have any credibility for. So you got to turn it on quick. Yeah. And because otherwise systems change and processes change and the way you used to do it isn't the way that it's currently being done or exactly. will be done. Um, so there was a small window where, you know, of time where for a couple of years I was able to really lean in and help share the things that I had learned along the way. Now, fundamentally, sales processes are always the same, um, but the way that you actually take action on them and execute it on them looks a little different. So give us a little insight. If somebody out there, uh, they're doing sales, what did you do differently that was in your manifesto that allowed you to become, perform better for sales? You know, I started realizing that people were coming into the store that I worked at. Uh, I was having conversations for different reasons, but my goal was always to get them to buy something regardless of the reason that they were coming in for. So I started noticing trends. What are the things I'm having conversations about the most? It's people paying their bill, they want to buy a car charger, like it's yeah. simple <laughs> simple things. And I'm sitting here thinking like, how can I get them to add a line onto their account? How can I start doing some of the things that actually makes me money? Yeah. Um, but also find value in it for them. Uh, at the time, internet through your cell phone provider was this new concept. Um, so we were selling a lot of these Wi-Fi hotspots um, that people could travel one. with. Yeah, yeah so got know, one. Uh, Touch screens were still fairly new. The iPhone wasn't out for ter a terribly yeah. long amount of time. So there was some new, cool, innovative stuff within the wireless industry. 
and a lot of people just didn't know about it. So for me, it was being creative about how do I bring things into the conversation that don't have anything to do with why they showed up, and then finding ways to, to sort of sync it all together. So um, leaning into phrases that uh, resonate but help the customer make a decision. At the end of the day, nobody wants to be salesy. Nobody no. likes to being sold to. But we do like to buy things, and yes. we all like to buy Get things. Yeah, we all like to buy things that we enjoy and that we think are cool, and we like to show them off. And so, how do you strike up a conversation? So, I'll give you one practical example that worked really well for me. In sales, we've all said it. You go into a store, and somebody says, "Hey, is there anything I can help you with?" And and what does the customer always say? Like ninety nine percent of the time, they're saying, "No, thanks. I'm just looking." Exactly. Right? Ah, no, I'm just looking. Uh. Or, hey, would you go ahead, would you ask a customer, would you like to go ahead and buy that? No, I, but I think I'll think about it, right? Like Exactly. I Basically, they it, don't want, yeah, get I, away from I'll me. I want to yeah, do my own stuff. I'll think about it as like such a typical answer. So I would just preempt that. And before I ask them a question that they could say, I'll just think about it, I would say, you know, one thing that you might consider that a lot of other customers are taking advantage of is X, Y, and Z. And... The reason that it worked is because I was the word consider is just another word for thinking about it. But yes. it's it's a little less of, hey, why don't you leave and think about it? And a little more like, why don't you consider to think about it right now? <laughs> Let's get but, this done. I mean, it's amazing how one word can change how people think about something. Yeah. And so, you know, I might be a little over analytical, but it started working. And uh, I remember one of the coworkers that I worked with at the time, he said, I don't know what it is about the words that you're using, but it's like when I say exactly what I hear you saying, it's almost like there's some sort of magic fairy dust that comes out and gets customers to say yes to what I'm buying. And that was the best compliment I could have ever received. That's you know, awesome. It stuck with me to this day. So obviously you were successful in that and you got to the point with US Cellular. What was the transition of you to leave? Um, you know, I started seeing that, uh, well, some of it was travel. I was, I was at a position then as I moved up where there was a lot of travel involved and I wanted to be home a little bit more. <clears throat> Um, but I also knew that there were other things that I wanted to explore in life. And uh, as it would happen on the weekends, I would have some of my buddies that would ask me to go shopping with them because either they had a job interview or they wanted to look good for proposing to their girlfriend or whatever it might have been. And so we'd make a guy's night out of it because guys don't shop, right? Yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> like, hey, let's go shopping. It's like, hey, let's really? go see, you know. Let's go get some uh, Buffalo Wild Wings or something. Yeah. Let's go watch a sports game. And if we happen to stop off at the mall, like yeah. it can just sort of blend into the evening. <laughs> um, and that's what we would do. And, and I, initially I was like, well, I bet I could do this as like just on the side. It's a way to make some extra cash. Uh, I know my friends aren't the only guys who hate shopping. Um, but just like I did that homework and that research on sales and sales processes in the beginning, I, I started doing some homework and research on what does it take to be a successful stylist yeah and i soon realized like well this is way bigger than just where i live guys all over the country and all over the world hate shopping so how can i reach those guys and something went off and i just knew that i was in a particular moment in time where if i didn't take advantage of trying it that yep. i would always regret it yeah as entrepreneurs a lot of times and sadly some people they notice that that need in the market and they just let it go yeah but like people like us when we take it up yeah. Who knows where it's going? Even if we fail, hey, we tried. Right. But like where you're at, it's crazy where it's went. Oh, yeah. So tell me what that step was like. So you, you made the decision you were going to go forward. What were the steps moving forward to actually make it into where you're 
bringing in revenue. Sure. So, you know, the first step that I think is critical for any entrepreneur is to get it out of your head and tell somebody. Uh, yes. So my first step was just to tell my friends, tell my wife. I actually put up a blog and sort of made this official announcement that I shared on Facebook. And you only read the blog if you were friends with me on Facebook. You know, you had to know me. I wasn't doing it for any sort of promotional purposes. Yeah. It was more or less like, I want some accountability here. I want people to ask me, how's it going? Uh, yeah. How can I help? Yep. You know, there were things that I knew that I didn't know. And I also, in the homework that I did, realized that most people start their company by asking other people for money, specifically their <laughs> friends and family. <laughs> no. <laughs> and so, I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's sort of this process you go through of how do I ask these people for money? Yeah. Um, and for me, a way to sort of softball that conversation was to start a blog and it made it an easier way to start that having a conversation with the people that I knew that cared about me. So doing a blog and just kind of saying what you're going to do and being public about it. Being public about it and saying, hey, if you'd like to learn more, if there's things that you think you might be able to help me with, I'd love to grab a coffee or chat on the phone. Yeah. And those conversations then led to where I was able to get about $20,000 from just my friends and family to help me get things up and going. So you got fr friends, family, and fools, the, the yes. route they say. Yeah. So you, you got investment money. Yeah. To move forward? Yeah. I basically said here, you know, eventually the conversation leads to, well, what do you need in order to make this thing happen? And yeah. I had thought through, here's the first five things that I need to be able to do to validate that this is worth pursuing. Um, and so I was still working my full-time job. I hadn't quit cold turkey. I was far from it. Um, still needing to support my family. Yeah. But really believing that there was something to hold on to here. And so, um, you know, I had a little bit of money, uh, but basically I was using all of this money um, to buy inventory, to buy clothes yes. and product and validate that there was something that I could do exactly. uh, with the idea. Um, and for clarification, just so that uh, the listeners that may have not heard of what the company is or what we do, I should maybe pause Yeah, for say a that. To... So before we get farther in story. Yeah. Uh, so essentially the concept is, you know, like I mentioned, my guy friends hated shopping and I realized they weren't the only ones. So I started an online clothing company that basically takes care of the shopping and the styling components for you. Um, you go to our website, you fill out some basic information about your height, weight, body type, colors you like to wear, don't like to wear, uh, are you wanting clothes that are for work or for the weekend, that sort of thing. And then we have a team of stylists that hand selects uh, items specific to those needs and we send them to you. Um, you pay $20 up front and then you have five days to try everything on. You keep what you like, send back what you don't, and we charge you for the for what you decide to keep after the fact. So it's sort of a nice, easy way to keep you from having to go to the mall or wander through the aisles, figuring out yeah, what's exactly. going to go well together. Um, and then you don't really have to pay you know, for any of it until after you try it on. So um, it's a way to bring some convenience. There's also a lot of clueless guys out there that hate shopping or don't know what no they're idea. doing. And so you know, having the assistance of a professional stylist really... No, helpful, I, right? yeah, so. I know what you mean because going out, it's a lot. Guys don't like to go out and buy clothes. Yeah. And I like to look good, but yeah. just being able to have somebody that, hey, do it for you, exactly. send it to you, and hey, I just got to put it on. That's yeah. good to go. <laughs> Every guy that I've met hates to shop but loves to look great. And so exactly. we have to step into that. Uh, and so that's the, sort of the concept behind the company. But that and that's a lot of where we're at today, but that's not where we started. That was sort of the vision at the time. Um, but there were a lot of steps in between for how So to how did you ramp up? So you got the money. Yeah, to get started and use that money for inventory. For inventory, I used a little bit of it for um, some market research. I worked with a company out of New York to help me validate. Like, am I just some crazy loony guy that thinks there's an idea? <laughs> yeah. Or is there like a legitimate hole in the market? And 
you know, it was, it was a company that specifically focused on fashion tech businesses. Yep. And they're right in the heart of New York, which is the, essentially the fashion capital of at least the country, if not the world. While you're sitting in Iowa. While I'm sitting in Iowa <laughs> yeah. saying, hey, help me, like, you know things I don't know. You're probably aware of things yeah. and dynamics that I'm not aware of. Um, and they helped me really validate and make sure that I had, was aware of all the players in the game. What were their strong suits? Where were they not hitting the market? And I identified the, from that a strong value proposition. How was I gonna? What was the messaging gonna be like to acquire customers? And yeah. a lot of other business decisions sort of came out of doing some good homework. And now before we go forward, anybody listening, if you're looking to start a company, I mean, Darian did the right things here. Research. You found out who your your competitors were and what the market wanted before you really jumped in full bore. Yeah, I had, I had to know that before I did that before I made the transition and said, hey, we're gonna sacrifice years here yeah. uh, and and in money and income. Ask yourself why too. Yeah. It's like What's why am I gonna do yeah. this? Exactly. Um, and I was at a point where you know my income was good. Uh, we were able to uh, take time off. I had good vacation time, good benefits, and then. You know, when I did make the transition, um, you know, all that really goes away. Any <laughs> yeah. sense of stability is yeah. no longer in the equation. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, the next day. Yeah. It's just, oh, okay, what's yeah. going to happen next? Yeah, it's, it's kind of like the weather in the Midwest. You just can never <laughs> exactly. really predict it. Um, you know, so I had a mentor that suggested uh, that I validate the idea by sending some of these boxes to my clothes or boxes of clothes to the, my friends who didn't like to shop. The guys that I had already been going to the mall with, Yeah. help me road test this. Will this actually work? Will, could you, instead of going to the mall with your buddy, could you allow somebody to pick some clothes and send them to you? Yeah. Um, and one of my friends had a lot of social influence and shared uh, some photos and some other things on Facebook. And next thing I know, I'm getting guys from across the country that are starting to slowly trickle in and sign up. Um, I had created a free landing page using a website called launchrock.co. Nice. Um, it's specifically designed to help you sort of, if you don't know how to code, get something up there on the internet. And then I connected it with a Google Docs survey, both of which LaunchRock and Google Docs are free. So it was very bootstrapped, yeah. minimum viable product kind of stuff. And then I had another mentor that said, okay, great, man. Like, you know, I'll give you some credit because you got your buddies to sign up for an idea that you have. But you don't really know if anybody will really use the service. So he suggested that I take out a Facebook ad. He said, just do 10 days, $10 a day, put $100 behind the idea, and Facebook will give you all the metrics and who's clicking on it and all this stuff. And uh, and you'll see if there's actually guys that you don't know or that aren't acquainted with you through a mutual friend who are, would be willing to sign up for the service. Um, so that's what I did. And over that 10-day period, I had over 1,400 guys sign up and say that they wanted a box. For a hundred dollars spent. For a hundred dollars spent. Now, what spend. what time in was this a year ago, two years ago? Because with Facebook ads yeah. now and organic, this was probably about two and a half years ago. Okay. At this point, so hundred bucks, you had fourteen hundred people sign up. Yeah. <laughs> it's phenomenal, right? Like, wow. I didn't know what to do with it. Up to that point, I had like ten actual customers. And yeah. So, to go from ten to fourteen hundred in about ten days. <laughs> Uh, you know, honestly, I was crapping my pants a little bit. <laughs> and there were so many guys, and I didn't have any clothing or inventory or product I could actually yeah. send. And so it was like, oh, man, what am I going to do? So um, I had an idea to send all these guys an email and say, hey, great news. We got your information, um, but we got a lot of other guys' information, too. And so if you want to move to the front of the line, uh, you can move up and be a VIP. 
and we'll send you your box next month if you pay an upfront deposit. And I gave a few options, like $250, $500, $750, yep. and, and uh, just made a, an offer out there. I didn't know what I would get. Well, in about a week, I had about $50,000 <laughs> in my bank account from guys that wanted me to send them clothes oh my God. and were willing to pay up front for it. So I had all the validation I needed that there was a legitimate idea here. I bet the guy that's questioning was like, okay, you got yeah. the feedback you need. All right, we're, we're moving in the right direction yeah. here now. So yeah, so it was great. Um, and then... So what did you do? Because you, you had the $50,000, but you, you didn't have any clothes at the time, really, did no. you? No, no, no. So... and. I didn't have any relationships with any brands or like there was no official way to do this. And to be honest with you, the website was so sketchy. I can honestly say I wouldn't have given myself any money. Uh, <laughs> it was just a really terrible pixelated graphic. It, you know, it looked like a seventh grader put it together. Perfect entrepreneur story yeah. getting started. Bootstrap. You know, so I didn't have any clothes. So what I decided to do was find sale racks at department stores. <clears throat> I traveled to some outlet malls. There's one about an hour and a half away. There's also one just outside of Chicago and Aurora. Um, and I went and I spent like $10,000 at J. Crew and $10,000 at Banana Republic. Whoa. <laughs> and just was walking out and filled a minivan and had the drop down stow and go seating and just floored a ceiling of this van, just packed it out with all these clothes that we bought. And we bought them, I took some friends, when I say we, um, we bought them for, you know, 50, 60% off, as you do at an outlet, especially on a, on a holiday yeah. weekend, which it just happened to be. Um, and then I went and I bought my own price tags at Hobby Lobby and some little stickers. You know, uh, I have a son, he's three now, but when we were f doing his first year birthday party, we had a whole mustache theme. You know, there's sort of this 1920s curly Q mustache. Yeah, yeah. That was like my first logo was this little mustache because they made these really cool little round stickers. And I would put these little round mustache stickers on every price tag just to sort of man it up a little bit. Exactly. And uh, and then I would cut off the outlet mall stickers. And put your own thing. So I'd it tie my own, Yeah, I tied my own price tags on with a ball of twine and made a little money. And and from there, the, the story begins. And that's where the story began, yeah. I had paint, real life, living, breathing, paying customers to validate the idea. So after that happened, you had proof, obviously, and you had these paying customers. How did you ramp up? You obviously had to go the investment route and get yeah investors what was that like you know i knew that i couldn't make i didn't have any money saved up i'd already you know leaned on some friends and family um because initially i wasn't charging anybody anything up front it was just that i was so overwhelmed by so many guys that became the only alternative method yeah um and i knew if i was actually going to grow this thing that i would need to raise money in order to make it happen so uh, i learned of a startup accelerator that was based out of wisconsin um, and they were passing through town, and so we met up and grabbed coffee. They encouraged me to apply. Now, of course, they encourage everybody to apply. Yeah. Um, but fortunately, I was one of five companies selected out of about 400 that went through that wow. process. And I quit. I, I found out on uh, December 26th, and they wanted me there by January 2nd, about a week later. Wow. Uh, gave my notice at my job, and... So how, how many months were you there? I was there for three months. So did you did you go live there during the... How, what was that like? Yeah, I went there. I lived there. I drove it back on the weekends. It's about an eight-hour drive. Um, so I make it back to be with my wife and kids. Um, but it was great. You know, you get to meet tons of investors, tons of mentors. You, you're, I was now able to pursue this full-time. Yeah. Um, I was able to work with people on my team fully dedicated to it along that journey with me. And, and we started 
getting a real website and taking some real Actually, like, yeah. <laughs> company official company you know steps yeah. and putting some things together um and so i came out of that and moved back to to iowa uh, yep. here in des moines rented out a garage in an industrial warehouse type space about a yes. thousand square feet um and that's where we were for the first few months coming out of the accelerator uh, that we went through. Did you did you get the investment? Were your investors from the accelerator, or were you actually after the accelerator? Did you have to go out and find investors? You know, part of the advantage of going through an accelerator, at least in this particular case, was that they guaranteed you some funding. Uh, we got twenty thousand dollars upon acceptance to help mm-hmm. us through that three month period. Yeah, and then you got we had an additional guaranteed fifty thousand um, dollars that was to come after that. So yeah. we went through the program and. Uh, ultimately, we ended up raising $750,000 in an initial seed round, primarily from investors that we met by going through that program. Okay, through that program, were these investors that were actually in the industry? Like, in the clothing industry, did you find some great strategic investors or just guys with a bunch of money? Yeah, it was a little bit of both. It was a mix of both. Yeah. Um, definitely had uh, some local investors yeah. that really wanted to support an Iowa entrepreneur. Um, had some people that I had met in Wisconsin and, and that were located elsewhere, but really understood the dynamics of e-commerce and exactly. selling on the internet um, that really got behind it. So to give the audience a little, uh, just show your credibility, what have you had to raise till today? Um, today I've raised just about $3 million so wow. far. Yeah. Wow. So what would be your advice to anybody out there that is looking to go the investment route? What advice would you give them? Uh, before they'd even start or just along the way and your thoughts on it through everything you've learned yeah I would say track everything that you can but don't track too much you know initially you have to listen to all of the all of the noise yeah to find a signal and when you're tracking everything um, you don't know exactly what is going to be the most important you don't know what you know if you were to drive a car watching your speed is really important to know how fast you're gonna get somewhere yeah you know for any business there's something that is sort of the equivalent of that speedometer what is the metric that matters and then learn everything you can about what makes that metric go up or down um, and I say that because when you're talking to investors they want to know that you know how your business works and what makes it move um, and that's really important. How do you make money? How can you make more of it? Understand your cost of customer acquisition. Understand the lifetime value and how much money you're going to get from that customer over time. And uh, I remember the very first investor pitch. The investor put me on the spot. I didn't have any customers at the time. And he said, what is your uh, CAC over your LTV? And I was like, what's my what over my what? I don't even know what that and is. And he's like, and I didn't either. And I said, I... I said, I apologize. I, I should know what that is. And he goes, your CAC, your customer acquisition cost uh, over your LTV. And I was like, and, and what's LTV? And he said, lifetime value. Okay. Uh, I, didn't have, <laughs> I didn't have any answer. And partly, you know, and mostly because I didn't have any customers yet. It was yeah. still just an, an idea. But as you get customers, those numbers become very important. You want to make sure that you're not spending more to acquire your customer than what they ultimately end up paying you. So basically what he is asking is what's it cost to acquire a customer and what is the lifetime value of that customer going to be? Right. So if it costs you $10 to acquire a customer but they're paying you $100 for your service, then you're making good money. Yeah. But you don't want to pay $100 to acquire a customer that's only going to spend $50. That doesn't make sense. Right. (laughs) Uh, Which was his point, I I gather. But there was all sorts of this business terminology and things I had no understanding of when I got into it. So my advice to entrepreneurs that are are taking that step and are where I once was, 
do your best to understand the, the dynamics and what numbers really matter. What about advice on trying to find the right investor? You know, that's a really great question. Um, <laughs> it is way more time consuming than I could ever possibly convey. Uh, you have to make several introductions. I've been fortunate enough to have some of the advantage of going through the accelerator because it lends some credibility that yes. you, you've had some other people sign off and validate that this is a worthwhile venture. Um, and that's certainly been helpful, but surround yourself with good mentors. Even had I not gone through that accelerator, there are people here locally that have been a great support to me and everyone knows someone. Um, yes, and so, you know, sometimes you have to take the long road up the mountain um, and it's going to take a long time, but do everything that you can to meet as many people as possible. You'll find people that if you're passionate about it and if you can understand the dynamics that come to play, yeah. you'll find people that will support you now. Um, the other thing that I would say is it's okay, just like those investors are vetting you, it's okay to vet your investors to make sure yes. that you know what are the other companies that they've invested in, how are those companies performing, how are they supporting those companies, have they had any companies fail, because 90% of startups fail, a lot of businesses fail, and I'd want to talk to those companies' CEOs, to those entrepreneurs, how did they feel about the interactions that they had with the, the, the investor? Did they feel supported or did they feel like they were under someone's thumb? Um, because at the end of the day, if someone's going to give you money, you do have responsibilities there, but you also want to make sure that they're going to be there to help you through the hard times because every business has them. It's a relationship. I mean, it's Absolutely. once you have them come in, it's like you're marrying them. You want to make sure they're a right fit for you. Yeah, absolutely. So be as clear as you can be about the vision that you have for your company and make sure that you're finding investors that align with that. Yeah. Expect that you're going to go through some tough times because every business and company does when it's in its first few foundational years. And talk to some of the other companies that that investors invested in to know how did they, how are they supported through those downtimes. That's great advice for anybody out there looking to get investment. I uh, once had went that route and it was a, I had about three quarters of a million dollars lined up and then realized it wasn't going to work. A big failure story for me. But yeah. it was good learning, oh, and yeah. I realized I don't want investors. So yeah. I went the crowdfunding route, but you've obviously succeeded with it and you're doing great things. I want to jump in. Let's get out of the investment. Let's talk about Men's Style Lab. Yeah. Why Iowa? Now, because, I mean, the fashion industry, you're little, it, it's harder in Iowa. Yeah. You got New York, we've got LA, you got all these places. Why Iowa? And how, you've been, how have you been able to do all the things you're doing in Iowa? Yeah, you know, I was worked out really well. Um, you know, if I wasn't married, I can't definitively say that I would have stuck in Iowa. So my wife <laughs> definitely gets some credit there. Um, but at the same time, Iowa's great. The people are great. You know, I pride our, our company on the customer service that we give. And so there's sort of this Iowa nice or Midwestern nice yes. component where we don't have to pretend like we're being nice. We genuinely care and, and are nice in most situations. And I think that definitely helps in terms of the service we provide. Um, Logistically, we're shipping things all over the country, and so being right in the middle of the country just helps us get our product to customers. Oh, right faster. in the heart, yeah. Uh, so the cost of doing business and living is just a lot lower here as well. So in the end, it's all definitely worked out and been very favorable for us to be in Iowa. Uh, some of the challenges, like you mentioned, is Iowa's not necessarily known for being the epicenter of all things fashion. Yeah. Um, so there is travel required, and I go to New York, I go to some trade shows in Las Vegas a few times a year. Uh, there's some of the brands we work with are in LA, and so there, there is travel that is associated with this type of a business, um, but thankful that there's the internet and other ways of sort of getting your hands exactly. around the, what you need to do and plenty of ways to engage with the vendors and 
So what what have been you? How many years have you been in business now? A couple of years. Yeah, you know, I we officially I always say that we officially launched when we graduated the accelerator, uh, which was April of two thousand fourteen. So we're about a year and a half. At this Very point. fresh. I mean, yeah. you've done a lot. Eighteen months. So in the eighteen months, what have been the ups and downs? I want to hear the struggles you had to ramp up and yeah. your success stories too. Yeah, you know. Um, when you raise a lot of money, when you actually get that in the bank account, uh, there's a little bit of a shock and awe factor. Like, did this really just happen? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you have to put a game plan together, uh, work with your advisors and investors to know how you're going to do that. Now, um, different investors have different end games, and you've essentially invited partners into this relationship. Um, so I think some of the challenge, for me at least, was making sure that there was alignment with what that game plan needed to look like and how the execution of that game plan was gonna carry itself out. Some investors only care about top line revenue numbers, yeah. and uh, and the more money you raise, the more they care about that top line revenue number, uh, despite the fact that the inner workings of the company might not be ready to sustain that kind of growth. And so I think the key learning for me was um, in making sure that we had the foundation built of the, yep. and the operations set, the processes in place and defined, uh, that we can continue to lean on no matter how many customers we're serving um, and that we're really not hindered. So in the beginning, this for us was a very manual process, a lot of hands, a lot of people uh, packing boxes and making phone calls. Yeah. And now, you know, technology takes time, but we have our own technology platform. We've got some algorithm and proprietary stuff built in there that just makes us way more efficient, way more sophisticated and able to serve a lot more customers than what we could in the beginning. How many people do you have working now? Um, so right now we're at about 10 people. Okay, and so they're, the, let's learn more about their tasks. So mainly, are they helping style, are they stylists putting together the packages for these people and sending them out? Yeah, half my team is stylists, and the other half of us just help make sure nothing else falls through the cracks. So I've got a marketing guy, I've got a, a person that oversees all things, member experience. Uh, you know, they're the point person for yeah. any contact with our customers. Um, I have an operations person, so we have a lot of product and inventory that's coming in and out, and we have to have somebody just oversee that. Um, and then I'm a constant cheerleader and fundraiser yeah. and vision caster for what we're trying to do. And so that, those are some of the dynamics behind the scenes. Yeah, as being the founder, you got to go out and speak and, I mean, spread the word about it because you are the leader of the whole company. Yeah. Then, by the way, we're going to see here in a bit uh, – they're gonna bring in the stylist and they're gonna try some things on me so you can get a real look of what it is this company does. Now, tell me, how do you guys differentiate yourself from other competitors? How are you different? Yeah, you know, for me, uh, this is about an experience. It's more than, way more than just about clothes. Um, there's some of our competitors out there that, in a sense, they just put clothes in a plastic mailer bag and send it to you. Um, we've invested into the box. We wanna make sure that you have a good experience the first time you see the clothing. Uh, we tie a ribbon around every package. We handwrite a note and seal it with a wax seal. We want to put a, a little bit of an extra touch on this so that even though we're an online company, we want you to know that there's a human on the other side of the experience that you're having. Um, and I think that's a, a big part of who we are is helping our customer elevate his game. Yes. And, and <laughs> his game in the dating world yeah. or whatever it is. You know, most of our customers are looking to impress one of two people. Either they want to impress a date or they want to impress a boss. And uh, or they want to be the boss, you know. So, for us, we're definitely coming alongside some of the aspirations <laughs> that our customers have. Well, I want to go through a few more questions before we go here, Darian. First off, uh, what would be 
the three books you would suge- suggest to other young entrepreneurs? What are some books out there that you've learned a lot from, take away from? You know, um, there's a book out there called The Lean Startup, which definitely helps you just Great under- book, yeah. understand the concepts behind getting some validation before you pour yourself into your yes. dream. Um, there's a book called The Business Model Canvas. Again, a great book just to make sure you have all of the fundamental pieces thought through that it's going to take to get your project off the ground. Um, and then a book that I've really enjoyed was a book called Made to Stick by Chip Heath and Dan Heath. They're two brothers. Um, but it's around this idea of how do you sell your ideas to people. Yeah. There's some ideas that stick and some ideas that, quite frankly, just don't. Exactly. And so what are the things behind like all those viral cat videos, right? Like. <laughs> yeah. Why are people sharing that? Um, and how do you, uh, on some level, make, make it so that your idea and the business that you're wanting to create can have some of the virality uh, that people naturally tend to cling to? So um, I've definitely taken a lot out of that book. It's played a significant part in our ability to acquire customers and get the word out. Uh, we're over 200,000 followers on Facebook now. Um, and there's a lot of thinking behind the strategies that come out through that. Yeah, speaking of that, how have you built up that following of over 200,000 you know, a lot of it has to do with being consistent. Um, make sure that, you know, for us it's about posting every day or sometimes multiple times a day. It's about having variety in content, both photos and the statuses. And we link to some other industry uh, sites that are promoting things that related to, you know, what we know that our uh, members care about. Um, and, and then engaging. Be there to respond. If somebody exactly. sends you a message or comments, engage back. Don't just sit back idly. Um, those have been the, the foundational things that have, I think, helped us be really successful. What are your top three tips that you would give to other young entrepreneurs out there? Uh, get your dream out there. Say it, write it, speak it. 100% tell- agree. I always say that. you got to tell the world about yeah. it. Uh, you can't just sit on it, right? I mean, it's a fire inside of you, so you need to fan it into flame. Um, so I think that's the biggest part because... When it gets tough, you're going to need those same people to support you yeah, um, and encourage you and tell you you can stick it out and that it's worthwhile. So the first thing is get the word out. Um, the second thing is is know your numbers. Uh, you know, I never thought that I would spend as much time as I do in front of spreadsheets and that I'd ever have to download Excel on a MacBook. Oh, but, yeah, exactly. Yeah, But I do. And it's a very real part of my day-to-day job. Um, so know your numbers as best as you can. Um, really understand the dynamics at play with that. And then the third thing that I would encourage you is to really search why you're doing this. Uh, What are you wanting to get out of it? Are you wanting to sell the company someday? Are you seeing this as the lifelong dream and you're going to hand this off to your offspring? Or, you know, what is the end game here for you? Are you trying to sell it for multiple millions of dollars or you just want a comfortable salary and you're going to be good with making maybe a hundred or two hundred thousand dollars a year uh, and just have this to support your lifestyle? Um, those would be the three things that I think any entrepreneur should really weigh out. Uh, can I can I commit to myself and the people that care about me that this is worth pursuing? Um, can I uh, can, can I really dig into the numbers even if I'm not a numbers person and orient myself yeah. around that? Because at the end of the day, the reality is in the numbers. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, know what you want to want out of this. Is this a lifestyle gig or is this something that you're just going to run at as fast and as hard as you can for a few years and sell it off? So, Darian, what is your vision? What is your future goal with Men's Style Lab? You know, uh, I really, really, really love what I do. So the idea of selling it is difficult to me, but, uh, you know, I think that I could get by with the idea of selling it for several million dollars as well, and I think that that's probably an inevitable 
opportunity for yeah. us. Um, it makes a lot of sense. One of our competitors recently sold for three hundred and fifty million dollars. It's a decent amount um, of money. Yeah, you know, I would take that check. So, <laughs> uh, and and now the person they were acquired by Nordstrom, um, and now it puts Nordstrom at a, a different competitive level than it does any of the other big retailers or yeah. department stores that are out there. So, I think we're definitely in a close second, and. I know for a fact that we're on some people's radar, so I'm excited to see what those conversations will look like. But my hope is at some point that I can sell this for several million dollars, make back some money for my investors that have helped get me here, obviously get a nice little paycheck for myself and some of the employees that are working with me. And um, and then I hope to maybe be an angel investor and help yeah. other entrepreneurs along Just the way, like you. invest in some dreams, provide a little mentorship. Um, and take my family to Disney World. <laughs> I'm going to Disney World. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, if anybody deserves it, you do. You've worked your ass off to get where you are. And I love what you're doing. You love what you do. That's yeah. easily seen. Uh, where can people find you? And if somebody wants to go through the Men's Style Lab process, how can they contact you? Yeah, so um, you can follow me personally on Twitter, at Darian Baugh. Um, you can, I also have a blog called the styleceo.com. Great blog. It. Check it out yeah, by the way. Love for you to check that out. Um, also would love for you, uh, you to give us the opportunity to send you a box and show you what we have to offer. So mensstylelab.com. There's two S's in the name. Um, sign up. It's real simple, real easy. It takes you probably less than two minutes and, uh, you'll get a personal stylist. We'll curate some selections for you and you don't really have to pay for it unless you keep it. So yeah, nothing to lose. Dude, that's awesome. And also, Darian, we're going to try to get him at the Young Entrepreneur Convention. Maybe we can get some clothes there and people can actually get the experience yeah, of you to. trying because that anybody listening, you check out obviously we got the Young Entrepreneur Convention campaign going on right now. But uh check that out and maybe you can meet Darian, learn. He can give you some tips on how to impress your date. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Don't hey, come alone. Exactly. Well, hey, thanks for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, you know what time it is, guys? Go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable because life is too short not to. I'm Brennan T. Adams. Have a great day, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the show with Darian Baugh. I had a lot of fun. I really enjoyed trying all the clothes on. I wanted to just take it all with me. I mean, I was like a kid in a candy store. The clothes that he tried on, I mean, I was in style, man. It was a lot of fun. Check out everything he's got going. You can check out on our notes. We have links to the Facebook page for Men's Style Lab. And I highly suggest if guys out there, if you're looking to get your style on, you're, you don't want to go shop anymore, check out Men's Style Lab. They'll do it all for you. They'll make life a lot easier and help you in your dating world with the clothes that they offer you. And also check out the videos we have. We have some great promo videos on BrennanTAdams.com. They're worth your time to check out. You can see all the different clothes that I tried on. I thought they were awesome. I wanted to take them all with me. And also, I'm pretty sure that we're going to have Darian come into Young Entrepreneur Convention. He's going to actually have it set up where you can buy clothes right there, April 22nd, 23rd in Des Moines, Iowa. You'll be able to try different clothes on, and if it's me coming there, I would try it on, buy it, and that's what I'd wear for the night. I mean, the clothes they have are just high-class, awesome clothes. You would be in style. So check all that out, and if you haven't done so already, go to our campaign page, Young Entrepreneur Convention. We have nine or eight days left of our campaign you want to get your ticket at the cheapest price ever 
Go to our campaign page, Young Entrepreneur Convention. It's under Indiegogo. Just go to youngentrepreneurconvention.com. Get your ticket locked in before it goes up here in December so you can take your business and lifestyle to the next level by going to the Young Entrepreneur Convention. It is going to be so much fun. I'm stoked. Our team is stoked. And last week, we've been in two newspapers, been on TV. We've been on a couple blogs. It is talked about all over the country. We have people coming from 15 states, two different countries. We have national media attention. I told you all, I, I am serious when I say we're going to do something big. We're going to do it big. So join the movement, get on board, get your ticket today for Young Entrepreneur Convention. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I hope you have a great holiday. And in the meantime, go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable. Because life is too short not to. I'm Brennan T. Adams. Have a great day, everybody.